the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It is 534 on the Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to have you along. You can always avail yourself of our number, 844-TALK-989, 844-TALK-989, even after hours, and leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. Right now, we are about to hear from District 80 Representative Jenna Powell. And Jenna, I am sure, has had a very interesting week. Interesting may not be the exact right word. Let's welcome Jenna Powell to the program. She represents... um, Dark County and Miami County in the Ohio General Assembly. And Jenna last week proposed the Protect Women's Sports Act as an amendment to the name, image, and likeness bill in the Ohio House. And Jenna, I I don't know if you babysat when you were younger, but uh, the response that it elicited from Democrats was like you might get from a two-year-old. Lots of table pounding and yelling and screaming. That's exactly right. Thanks for having me on the show today. You know, we want to do everything we can to protect women's sports in our state and and protect women in our state. And unfortunately, you know, the left on the House floor did not see it that way and uh, really rose its tantrum and uh, spoke really out of turn. Yeah. So your bill was attached as an amendment. It went to the Senate. The Senate detached it. It was coming back to the House for you guys to vote on it. But then the governor decided to swoop in and uh, use an executive order to enact name, image, and likeness legislation, but not the Protect Women's Sports Act. And before we get into his decision, tell the people, in case they don't know, what the Protect Women's Sports Act would do and why you think it's necessary. Absolutely. So the Safe Women's Sports Act is a fairness issue for women here in the state of Ohio. So under current OHSAA rules, um, biological males can compete in female-only sports. And so this is a very straightforward piece of legislation that says biological males cannot compete in female-only sports. It's a fairness issue for women in the state of Ohio. Um, That's why Title IX was enacted, to ensure that women had equal opportunity in athletics um, in the nation. And so the bill is very straightforward, and people on both the left and the right that are Ohioans agree with the bill and understand it's a fairness issue because at the time of birth, biological males are born uh, with different physiological traits that enable them to compete at a different level than females. So that's really what we're looking at in this piece of legislation is to protect the integrity of women's sports in our our state and to stand up for women statewide. Okay, so Jenna Powell is our guest. She is a legislator in the Ohio General Assembly, represents District 80, and we're talking about the Protect Women's Sports Act, what happened to it when she attached it to the House name, image, and likeness bill, and then Governor Mike DeWine and the Senate deciding to protect the right of athletes at Ohio State and other Division I schools in the state to earn money off their name, image, and likeness, but to let the situation ride on girls' sports in the state of Ohio. I was surprised to learn, Jenna, that there have been biological men, transgender girls, play girls high school sports in the state of Ohio before. I've said, and I will redouble my statement, I'd pull my daughter off the field if that was ever the case. 
Uh, so what kind of interaction at all did you have with Governor DeWine about, hey, if you're going to use your executive order to protect Ohio college athletes, how about you also use your authority to protect Ohio high school and college girls from biological men in their locker rooms? You know, Governor DeWine made it very clear uh, through his executive order that not only did he he not care about what the legislature had to say when it came to uh, bills and policy, but he also made it very clear that he did not care about the millions of women in our state that need to be protected. Um, you know, to do an executive order as something's already being worked through the legislature is just bad governance. And I think that's one of the frustrations that we have with Mike DeWine, not only through the pandemic and the way that he's um, kind of just superseded a lot of the legislature, but also in the way that he looks at conservative policy. Um, so he came out and said, well, I think that's something that OHSAA and, 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 and can um, take a look at. But at the end of the day, the OHS, members of the OHSAA are not elected by Ohioans. Uh, legislators are. And that's where we have to step in and say, look, on behalf of every woman in the state of Ohio, we have to protect the integrity of women's sports. We have to protect your opportunity. And so that's what we were saying as the Ohio House. And that's why the amendment was added into nil on, on the Ohio House floor. So how do you respond to people, Jenna, when they say, as some did to me on Twitter, I am a, you know, I'll be honest, I'm a big supporter of your bill. I'm the father of three daughters. Uh, I believe these bills are necessary in states around the country because it's clear we have a federal administration that is going to advance uh, the cause that would have biological men play women's sports if they identify as women and are thus transgender girls. So I'm a supporter of your bill. I'm not trying to purport that I'm down the middle. I'm not. I think it's very necessary and very needed. But the thing I got on Twitter was, well, her bill is a solution in search of a problem. This is not a problem right now. So why even worry about passing the bill until it's a problem? How do you respond to that? Well, you know, first off, I would say if people don't feel that it's a problem and they're not paying attention to what's happening in society and culture. Just last week in the Tokyo Olympics, we have a biological male that's competing in the female weightlifting um, weightlifting competition. This is a problem, not only in the Olympics, but also nationwide. And so I would say maybe look around a little bit and see what's happening in society and know that, you know, maybe it hasn't happened in your small town where a biological male is competing against your 12-year-old daughter in sports. But guess what? This is the tide of culture, and this is where it's coming toward. And so what I don't want to do is wait until uh, biological females are being robbed of their opportunity left and right in our state, then have the legislature stand up and do something. This is already a problem, and it does need addressed by the legislature, and that's why we're moving forward on it. Jenna Powell is our guest. She represents District 80 in the Ohio House, and she is uh, the uh, legislator who last week proposed an amendment attaching the Protect Women's Sports Act, her proposed Protect Women's Sports Act, to the name, image, and likeness bill. Uh, The name, image, and likeness legislation has been uh, enacted by Governor DeWine's executive order. The Protect Women's Sports Act uh, sits at this point uh, waiting to be approved. Uh, I will just tell you, uh, as you advance this issue, uh, my personal opinion is that you and other proponents of this issue uh, could, I think, make a strong case that not only is it about competitive opportunities. Uh, for me, as a father of three girls, uh, I can speak to their character, their integrity, their uh, psychological 
well-being, it would devastate them to have a male in their locker room and to feel like they are being watched by somebody who has a different biology, regardless of what that person's mindset is. I'm not accusing a transgender girl, biological male, of anything nefarious, but I know how my own daughters would view that, and I think that you guys could make the case, logically, that this is not just a threat competitively, but it is a threat psychologically to young women. Yeah, you know, the, the, I think there's a lot there that definitely needs digested in, in many ways. Um, but at the end of the day, you, you're 100% correct on the fact that little girls deserve the chance to compete on a level playing field. Little girls that are 10 years old, when society looks them at them and says, hey, you can be anything you want to be, well, they have to actually believe that. And guess what? When they're 16 years old and fighting for that um, college scholarship in sports and a biological male comes and beats them uh, in track and field and takes away that scholarship, well, guess what? Ohio's clearly telling that little girl that, guess what, you can't be anything you want to be. Guess what, you don't compete on level playing field. And so that's really why this bill is, is being pushed, because we want little girls in our state to know that they, can, they are protected, that they can compete on level playing field, that they do have the opportunities of college scholarships. And, and to go wherever they want to go. And, and that's really why it's being pushed. And I think a lot of girls right now are looking at the legislature and women all together and are saying, is the Ohio legislature going to stand up for me or are they going to allow a biological male to come in and rob us of the opportunity? Because that's really what this conversation is about. And Governor DeWine, unfortunately, was so scared of the woke left uh, that he wasn't willing to listen to the millions of Ohioans and stand up for females in our state. Yeah, I agree that his defense that it's better left to the leagues and to the OHSAA is a completely illogical defense because how does it fix the problem if different leagues have different standards? What are you going to do when you have uh, one league team playing another team from a different league? One league says it's okay to have a transgender girl, biological male playing sports. The other league says, no, it's not okay. What are you going to do in a non-conference game situation like that? But you've done this a long time, done it four years, you've been elected for two terms, so you knew how this would be received. Uh, you knew there'd be possible ramifications to the future of your bill. You certainly knew the Senate could strip it out, and um, and I don't think it caught you by surprise that the governor used an executive order. So what do you think the future of your bill is, uh, given that you offended or uh, upset a lot of uh Democrats and uh, and probably frosted the governor in doing this as well. You know, I think uh, we have a large um, success rate on this bill in, in the future months. Um, the Senate has already said that they are going to look at taking up the bill in the fall when we're done with summer recess. Um, and quite frankly, it's going to be really hard for the governor to veto this piece of legislation. Um, Ohioans are on board with this. Republicans are on board with this. And quite frankly, there are a lot of people that are middle line in the state, maybe not hardcore Republicans, maybe not hardcore Democrats, but they're also on board with this piece of legislation. So so if we can get it to the governor's desk, I feel very strongly that he's going to sign the bill. And guess what? If he does veto it, the legislature has the ability to override the veto and, and move forward and protect women in our state. And so I continue saying, hey, we're going to keep the pedal down. We're going to keep fighting for women's opportunities in the state of Ohio. And that means moving forward on the Save Women's Sports Bill and not letting up the pressure. I think your read on that is correct. I noticed that his uh, 
comments about the bill were going right up to the line of promising to veto it without saying he would veto it, because in my opinion, if he would veto that bill, uh, if it got to his desk, uh, he might as well be handing the Republican primary to Jim Renese. Uh So I applaud your work, uh, because I know courage does not come with an easy button. Popularity, uh, this was not a popular move. You knew you'd be a target because of what you did. But I appreciate that you're fighting for girls like my daughters, and uh, I encourage you to continue to do that, and I thank you for your time today. Well, absolutely. Thank you for having me on the show. You bet. Jenna Powell, District 80 representative. Um, She does good work, and I am a big, big proponent of the Protect Women's Sports Act. Five fifty, Bruce Hooley Show. Thanks to Jenna Powell for joining us to articulate her position on the Protect Women's Sports Act. There is no chance, zero zip nada, if he wants to be governor again, that Mike DeWine could, given the way he's already damaged himself with Republican voters, many of whom, many of whom, are still steaming about his lockdowns and fearful policies in the wake of COVID. It's a very strange governor's race that's coming up. Uh, It's not upon us by any stretch of the imagination, but Jim Renese, who's been a longtime uh, political office seeker and a sometimes political office holder, He's been a loyal guy. He stepped in to run against Sherrod Brown in 2018 when Josh Mandel left the race in January, 10 months before the election. So Renee Say has some friends in the Republican Party. Now, the incumbent typically has a lot more friends. And Mike DeWine, I mean, what office has he not held? I mean, he's been just about everything. Uh, and he can certainly and will, I think, run for reelection. But I spend a lot of time talking to people from rural areas. And I know that in western Ohio and west central Ohio, and I haven't been to northeast Ohio, Holmes County, Wayne County area lately, but my phone conversations with friends up there, Mike DeWine has work to do to win back the faith and the trust of those people. Now, they like him because he's they know he's pro-life, okay? But they have reason to question his conservative chops with the way that he cowered in the presence of Amy Acton and the way that he governed during COVID more like Andrew Cuomo than he did Ron DeSantis. And there's no question at this point in time which governor did the better job and which governor would be more popular with conservative Republicans. So Mike DeWine, has he suffered a fatal blow with the way he's governed? No. No. But I would say he's absorbed a standing eight count, and he doesn't want to take another heavy punch to the jaw or a heavy body blow. And vetoing, vetoing the Protect Women's Sports Act, if it gets to his desk through normal legislative channels, uh-uh. No chance is he doing that. Unless, of course, Mike DeWine has had a lifelong ambition to lose the Republican primary as an incumbent governor. 
I mean, that would be some kind of face plant. Because Jim Renese would pound him on that. Pound him. Now, the oddity of the Renese-DeWine race is that I think DeWine has a harder time winning the Republican primary than he does winning the general. I, of course, don't know who the Democrats are going to run, but Mike DeWine's going to get a lot of support from Democrats. We're like, oh, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Governor, for saving my life during COVID, for bringing me Amy Acton. Bless your little heart. Yes, thank you, sir. For making me get vaccinated, for making my kids get vaccinated, for making me wear a mask, for shuttering so many Ohio businesses so we didn't all die of the Black Death. Thank you very much, Governor DeWine. Yes. He will win the general if he can get there. I'm just not sure he can get there. And if he wants to help himself get there, he will not veto the Protect Women's Sports Act. Uh, James in Columbus has some thoughts. If you have thoughts, 844-TALK-989, 844-TALK-989. Hello, James. Hey, Bruce. Uh, Yes, I don't think he's going to get elected in Ohio ever again, Mm. at least not by the Republican Party. Uh, He's already shown his colors, and there's no going back, making it up. You already showed who you are and what you are, and we've already had that throughout our lifetime, and it hasn't gotten us anywhere. Yeah, the thing about it is, James, people's memories don't stay mad. You know, every day that goes by and we get back to normalcy, if we don't get vaccine passports, if we don't get inconvenienced again by shutdowns, lockdowns, limitations, if there's a full sports season this fall, if the stadiums and the stands are filled with people and the Democrats don't succeed in magnifying the Delta variant into the next big biological monster, then I think gradually, I mean, you're not talking about going to the polls on Mike DeWine until May with Jim Renese. If you're not inconvenienced between now and then and DeWine doesn't do something stupid like veto the Protect Women's Sports Act, he'll win the primary. But that's why I say, I, I, Jenna Powell was never going to tell me, so I wasn't going to insult her by asking. She's not unaware of what was going to happen with her amendment. And I really wonder if she put it onto the name, image, and likeness bill, A, of course, hoping to get it passed, but B, a little bit of a stare down with the governor. Like, hey, bud, this is something you ought to be supporting. And you're just taking your good sweet time, sending the message out to House and Senate leadership that this is something you'd like to enact into law. So guess what? Here it is. Now what are you going to do with it? Now, the Senate did DeWine a solid and stripped it out of the bill because they were carrying water for Ohio State on name, image, and likeness as if that was some grand emergency. But this is a, I tell you what, there is so much going on behind the scenes with Mike DeWine's relationship with other Republican lawmakers. A lot of people, a lot of people, not just voters, a lot of people with power and influence are not thrilled with his performance. 
and he's not flipping parties. So he has to make peace with those folks. And one way that he could make peace with that, look, is Mike DeWine a political animal? Of course. So if he's a political animal, he's about doing things that further his political future, his political present, and building goodwill and reconstructing bridges that he has broken. And this bill is a way to do that. Because you can say, what do you mean I'm not, what do you mean I didn't govern like a conservative during COVID? Did you see what I just did to protect girls' high school sports in the state of Ohio? His feigned threat to veto the bill was, as Jenna Powell said, him caving to the woke mob. He just didn't want to hear from the Stonewall Union and the pink flag-waving wackos who are out there prancing around during Pride Month. He just didn't want to deal with that right now because he doesn't have to deal with it right now. So why incur the headache? Now, speaking of headaches, Columbus City Schools has it. We'll tell you why next.